the resurrection And I see signs and I see wonders I see bursts of living color Dead things coming back to life again I believe there's about to be another resurrection Come on, get your hands together Come alive Wake up, sleeper He is risen We are risen with Him Come on, you believe that this morning? If you will, welcome those around you. Welcome to Harrison Faith today.
Aren't you glad that you're a child of God today? Amen. I'm so grateful that we serve a loving and caring God. You know, sometimes people get a view of God that he's sitting up on the throne with ready to shoot lightning bolts at you if you mess up. But we know that we serve a loving God that cares about your innermost details of your heart whatever you're walking through, whatever you're challenged with. He cares about those details of what you want and, and desire in your life. I was reminded this week of, of a story from quite a few years ago. We had lived in Florida for, uh, for 10 years, and God moved us to, to Oklahoma. Destiny and Dominic had both uh, been born in Florida, Destiny was about four years old, and it was our very first Christmas in Tulsa. She had seen snow, I think, just a little bit, but never really seen snow and, and uh, got to experience it. And her little four-year-old heart just wanted snow so bad, moving from Florida, as you can understand. So we would just tell her, you know, we didn't want to break her heart, but we'd say, baby, just, just pray. We believed it taught her to pray at an early age and just believe. And so that's what she did in that four, little, little four-year-old heart. And she prayed that God would bring her snow. I'll never forget Christmas Eve of that year. We had gone into the Walmart just around the corner from our house. And it was kind of cold, but not really cold. And just like here, you know, the weather can turn on a dime. I remember us walking out of Walmart together, and I can't remember if Destiny was on my shoulders or just walking, holding my hand. And we walked out, and there was snow falling. And we, I remember Andrew and I just looked at each other like almost jaws dropped, like this is like really happening. And something special happened in that moment. Destiny, as loud as her little four-year-old voice could say, yelled right there in the parking lot, Daddy, Daddy, God heard me. And he said, yes. God heard me. And he said, yes. Now, not every one of our prayers are answered with the yes that we are looking for. But I want to remind you, just like that story, he cares about those details of your heart. He knows what you've been walking through, what you've been facing this week, the challenges, whether you've been dealing with sickness. I know there's so many even here today that have been dealing with that all week. I've had a cold all week long. We're praying for our pastor who is sick as well. Just so many. He cares about those innermost details of your heart. I want to ask our prayer team to come forward. I love this part, this time in our service that we get to come together and agree together and believe together for God to meet you right where you are. So if that's you in this place, maybe you've been dealing and praying with something for a long time and maybe you've been thinking, I don't know if God really hears me. I can tell you that 
young woman that's there playing the piano right now, when she was four years old, God heard her. And he said, yes. So whatever you're walking through, allow our prayer team to agree with you today together as we continue to worship. If you're not coming down for prayer, stay engaged in worship. I encourage you because God wants to meet you right where you are in your pew today as well. Oh 
Cries, hallelujah. Oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We talked about it in service just a little while ago that we serve a God that loves and cares for you. He loves and cares for you enough that he chose to speak through a member of this church body directly to your heart today. Thank you, Jesus. We've never experienced that before. It is, it is scriptural. <laughs> Believe that God speaks through his people, through tongues and interpretation. The passage of scripture on the screen for you if you want to reference that later on. He loves and cares for you. And the cry of a father's heart is saying, come unto me. I've taken care of you week in and week out. You're still standing. <laughs> and he's speaking directly to our hearts today. What an amazing God we know and love and serve. He's so good to us. God, we praise you and we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for your word to our hearts today. We take that and we bless you and thank you for it. We bless your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. a sweet, sweet presence in this place today. Man, it is good. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that you are here. We are glad that you are here with us today. Uh, we are celebrating and praying for uh, a bunch of men from our church that are at Men's Encounter this weekend. I think I heard that we had 30, around 30 men that are at Men's Encounter this morning, which is incredible uh, and just absolutely exciting for all that God is doing, and we just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming and being a part of this day. There is a connection card right there uh, in the seat back in front of you. If everybody would reach forward and grab one of those for us. If you, this is your first time, we would love if you would to fill out that information for us so our pastoral staff can connect with you. Uh, if you've been coming for a while, we would still love for you to grab one and just write the, the names of your family that are here today. Uh, and uh, so that we can put that into the uh, offering bucket that will pass forward here in just a couple of minutes. But thank you again for coming and being part of the day. I want to have our ushers to come forward. It is a joy to not only be in the house of the Lord, but it is a joy to give back what God has blessed us with. I know 2023 was a, a challenging year for, for many but uh, we look back, uh, talking with members of my family this uh, just this weekend, and as we were getting our tax information and things together, and just thanking God for His hand upon us. And I know there's so many in this place uh, that that echo that same. Just seeing God's hand upon us, He has blessed us. So I encourage you uh, to to give in your tithes and offering this morning. I promise you, it will not return void. 
He is faithful, uh, faithful to the gift and faithful to the giver as well. So let's pray. God, we bless you and we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this time that we have to, together in your presence. And God, we pray over our offering this morning. Ask you, God, to just bless the gift and the giver today and uh, bless our time. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Got a few announcements we want to make you aware of as the ushers are, are uh, taking up the offering today. Uh, one is the 2023 contribution uh, reports uh, actually went out via email this week. So hopefully you received those. Uh, but we have printed paper copies for everyone. Uh, if you have any type of a contribution given report for 2023, those printed reports are available at the information booth uh, right after service. You can grab that on your way out. Uh, you can pick them up today or you could pick them up in the office on Monday or Tuesday. For those that are not picked up, uh, those will be mailed out uh, to your home address on file on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, the 31st. And speaking of Wednesday, we are going to have an awesome, awesome time this Wednesday night. Our normal uh, youth and adult uh, uh, service and classes will not take place this Wednesday night because it is our, our quarterly worship night. So come and be a part of that. We're going to have an incredible time. Yeah, it's exciting. We have an awesome time together. So right here at 630 this coming Wednesday night, come and be a part of that. It is an awesome time that we get to worship together. The, the energy that our youth uh, provide as well is just incredible. So this coming Wednesday night at 630, come and be a part of that right here in the sanctuary uh, for our worship time together. So without any further ado, we have uh, an amazing speaker, one we know and love, Pastor Caleb Esther. Y'all give it up for our worship team today. Give it up for the worship team. How many is thankful that the Lord has kept you in every season of your life? Come hell or high water, come trials, come tragedies, come mountains and come valleys. I don't know about you, but I can firmly say that the Lord has kept me in every season of my life. He's kept my family in every season of our life. He's been faithful. And not only has he been faithful, but he'll be faithful today and he'll be faithful tomorrow because that's who he is. Amen. Come on, can we just take a moment right here before we dive in this morning and just tell the Lord thank you this morning, just for a moment. Come on, lift your hands and your heart to him and tell him thank you for his faithfulness. Thank you that he kept you in every season that he kept you, even when you weren't faithful to him, that he still kept you and he still loved you and he still was there for you because he's a faithful God. Lord, we thank you. We're grateful for your faithfulness. We're grateful that you loved us so much that you reached down in the mess and the muck and the mire of our life and you said, if you'll just come to me, I'll clean you up. I'll take care of you. I'll be with you. I'll love you. You can trust me. So thankful today for a faithful, loving, heavenly Father. Don't forget one more announcement. Uh, tomorrow night is our Kids Men Volunteer Meeting. So if you are uh, a volunteer in our kids' ministry here at Harrison Faith, 
or if you are interested in being a volunteer in the kids' ministry, or you think you're interested and you're not 100% sure, uh, you're invited tomorrow night um, here at the church in the fellowship hall. There will be a dinner provided. It's going to be a great time for us just to get together, to connect, to hang out together. Um, and then we're going to get to hear the heart and vision from Elizabeth, who is uh, coordinating our kids' ministry right now, and she's doing a phenomenal job. And so we invite you to come out, again, if you are a volunteer already, or if you're thinking about it or you're interested in volunteer for our kids' ministry, come out tomorrow night, and uh, it's going to be a great time together. We've been in a series called One Book. Uh, the first week, Pastor Scott, uh, as he has been leading us through this series in the first week, he talked about the uniqueness of God's Word. In the second week, we talked about the truth of God's Word. And then last week, uh, Pastor Scott brought a very powerful message on the authority of God's Word. And in fact, I would encourage you, if for some reason you missed last week, or you weren't here, or you were sick, or you were traveling, uh, whatever the case may be, if you missed that message uh, you really do need to go back and listen to that because it was very challenging, kind of one of those messages that steps on your toes a little bit, but it was just full of power and uh, just a great message on the authority of God's Word. So if you didn't get to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and, and check it out. Uh, and then I want to reference again, as Pastor Cody said this morning, uh, I believe the last time I talked to Pastor Scott, there were 30 men attending from our church, the men's encounter this weekend, and then if I understood correctly, there was a total of 50 men from the city of Harrison that are attending Men's Encounter this weekend. And so, man, what a powerful thing. Uh, and so before we dive in this morning, I want to pray for a couple of things. Uh, I want us to continue to pray and lift up our pastor as he cannot be here today because he's still under the weather. And so I want us to pray for him and all those who are dealing with sickness. And then I want us to pray for not only the men of our church, but all of the men who attended uh, men's encounter this weekend. You know, I just began to think more about it this weekend. I thought, how powerful would it be if 50 men from this area, from this city, came back on fire for God and so transformed that God used them to lead by example, not only for their families in this congregation, but also for this city and this community. Can you imagine what a group of 50 men on fire for God could do uh, perhaps it would lead our church and our city into revival, the city of Harrison and the surrounding counties and the region. Um, I think God can do anything he wants to do. He's powerful, amen. And so let's pray quickly before we dive in today. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness. Lord, we lift up all of the men this weekend who are attending Men's Encounter. We pray, Lord, that you would just continue to minister to their hearts. Lord, as they come back to their families, to their, uh, their workplaces, to this church, to this community, we pray, Lord, that you would just uh, consume them with the fire of God. Lord, that you would use them to lead by examples, not only to lead their families, but to lead this congregation, to lead this community, Lord, to bring revival to Harrison, to bring uh, revival to this church, this community, Lord. Bless them and touch them and minister to them in only a way that you can do. Lord, we lift up our pastor this morning. Uh, who is sick, and we lift up all of those who are sick, dealing with sickness this morning, Lord, and we just come against sickness and infirmity. We come against every attack of the enemy that would try to hinder, that would try to distract, that would try to attack families and people of God. Lord, we just declare this morning, Satan, you have no authority. Satan, you're a liar. You're defeated, and you have no authority. And so, Lord, we just take authority this morning over sickness. We take authority over every stronghold, every hindrance, and we break it in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, everybody said, Amen. amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. We're going to continue in our series today, and as we continue, I want to speak to you on the subject of the power of God's Word. If you're a note taker, the title is simply The Power of God's Word. I want to shed light on nine primary dimensions of the power of God's Word today. I know for the really um, OCD people in the room, I really just brought a lot of anxiety to your heart because you thought, why not eight? Why not ten? Why nine? I don't know. That's just the way I ended up. So, uh, got a lot of content and information to cover today, but I believe it's a very important thing for us to understand and to walk in the understanding of the power of God's Word. And so, number one today, as we're going to jump straight in, the first dimension is fundamental to our faith. Before we can talk about the other dimensions, it would be foolish for us to ignore this one. The first dimension of the power of God's word, if you're taking notes, is simply this. The word of God is powerful in its nature. The word of God is powerful in its nature. If you look at Hebrews 4.12, it says this. The word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, uh, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. I would, I would encourage you not to base your faith and theology off of this translation, but I thought the message translation was very interesting, and this is what it says in the message. Uh, his word His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. We cannot get away from it, no matter what. The word of God is powerful in its nature. It is powerful because it is alive. It is living. The author begins by telling us that the word of God is quick, which means it is alive. It is not simply static or confined to the written text on the page. He goes on to say it is active. It is powerful. It is effective, able to bring about or accomplish the very purposes of God. In fact, John six sixty three, Jesus said this, The very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. In Acts chapter 7, verse 38, Luke says of Moses, and he received living words to pass on to us. You see, this book that we're talking about is unlike any other book in the history of the world. It is not just a collection of other books. It is not just a collection of ancient stories or moral teachings. It is not just a collection of God's words. It is not just a collection of good ideas. It is living. It is life-changing. It is relevant. It is dynamic and transformative in nature. It works in us and through us as a spiritual knife cutting beyond the surface and dealing with our inner man. The Word of God is powerful in its nature. It's powerful because when we read it, it demands that we make a decision. You cannot read the Word of God and it not shape your life. Why is it important that we live with an understanding that His Word is living and powerful? I believe because this. It's because how we view Scripture determines everything. It will determine our future. It will determine who we become. It will determine the decisions that we make and the path that we take in this life. That's why it's important. So let me just ask you this morning, how do you view Scripture? How do you view Scripture? Do you simply view it as a collection of stories, 
Do you view it as something you read out of religious duty and tradition because that's what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to go to church and we're supposed to read our Bibles and we're supposed to check the box? Or do you see this book through the reality that it is the living, breathing Word of God? Let me ask you this. Is the living Word of God living in you? Is the living Word of God living in you? If so, our words and our actions and our life should be a reflection of that. You see, the Pharisees viewed Scripture as a set of rules and regulations. Modern critics argue that the Word of God is nothing more than a historical record of a nation. They argue that the Bible is not divinely inspired, but rather it is simply speaks to the historical and cultural context of Israel. Modern critics suggest that biblical narratives were shaped by the socio-political circumstances of ancient Israel rather than being direct communication from God. But I came to remind you this morning, I don't care what the critics say, I don't care what popular cultural trends or ideologies say, this book is the very inspired word of God. It is alive. It is powerful. Its pages are infused with divine power and relevance. It is timeless. It is unmatched in nature. It radiates with light and life, and it is nourishment for the soul. It is full of divine wisdom, encouragement, and direction. The Word of God is powerful in its nature. Not only is it powerful in its nature, but number two, the Word of God is powerful to endure. This is just a double whammy here. It's already powerful in its nature that it is living, that it is powerful, that it is active. But number two, the Word of God is powerful to endure. Scripture tells us it is not just alive for today and tomorrow, but His Word is eternal. It is powerful due to the fact that it will never cease to exist. It will never pass away. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. It is powerful to endure. It is forever enduring. Check out what the prophet Zechariah conveys to the people. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, he says, Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your fathers and then they repented and said as the lord of hosts planned to do to us in discipline and punishment in accordance with our ways and our deeds so has he dealt with us word of god is enduring zechariah highlights something very profound here something that is foundational for our faith he says that though many generations have passed God's word as conveyed through the prophets has stood the test of time. It has endured. It has remained faithful and true. It has remained relevant and ultimately it has come to fruition. Word of God is powerful to endure. Not only is the word of God powerful in its nature, not only is it powerful to endure, but number three, Word of God is powerful to speak and declare. 
Word of God is powerful to speak and declare. We see many examples of this in the Old Testament, conveyed the prophets and other appointed leaders. Uh, I mentioned in the pre-meet this verse of Scripture this morning. Um, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says this. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless, without result, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The word of God is powerful to speak and to declare. He says, my word will not return void. The word of God is so powerful and set apart from any other document in that we can speak it and declare it with expectation and with assurance knowing that when God's spoken word goes forth, it will not go forth in vain. It will not return void or empty, but it will accomplish the work and the will of God. In Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 and 8, the Lord commanded Moses to speak to the rock. He said, if you'll just speak the word, I will cause water to gush out from the rock over there and give the people something to drink. Ezekiel 37, 4. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. The Lord commands Ezekiel to prophesy, to speak and declare the word of the Lord. He says, in, in a sense, he's saying this, if you'll just speak my word and prophesy, I will show you the power of my spoken word to accomplish my work. Can I ask you something today? Are you speaking and declaring God's word over the barren places in your life? Are you speaking and declaring God's word over the barren places in your life? Are you declaring the promises of his word over your marriage, over your family, over your children, over the unsaved people in your family or at your workplace? How are you speaking life into dead places, dead situations, and dead dreams? The word of God is powerful to speak and declare, but if we don't ever get to the point in our life that we open our mouth in faith and trust that it is what it says it is, and that God is who he says it is, and speak it, you understand that we have the power to speak his word and declare it, and he says it will not return void. And this points us to the fourth dimension of the power of God's word. The word of God is powerful to create and to bring life. It is powerful to create and bring life. From the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we see the power of God's word to create and bring life. If we pick back up in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see the power of God's word to create and bring life. It goes on to say this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And you will know that I am the Lord. 
So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a great army. The word of God is powerful in that when we walk in it, and we speak it, and we believe it, it causes things to shift. It causes the dead things to come to life. It causes dreams to live again. It causes hope to spring up in the dark. It brings a sense of peace in the midst of chaos, courage in the midst of fear, and triumph in the midst of trials. It is powerful to bring hope and life to every situation. The Word of God is powerful to create and bring life. What are the things in your life, in your marriage, in your family that you need to speak and declare and create life where it seems like there is none? Where are the places in the areas of your life that you need to speak it as if it is, even if it's not? And say, God, I know that my son or my daughter is on the run from you. I know that they're still on drugs. But I speak your word. Whatever that scripture is, whatever that verse is that you need to hold on to and speak it and create and bring life into what seems like a dead and hopeless situation. Number five, the word of God is powerful to transform. It's powerful to transform. Paul declares in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, for it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. It is powerful to transform. I could spend a lot of time listing influential Christian leaders and spiritual pioneers who came before us that were radically transformed by the word of God. I don't have that kind of time, but I do want to list just a few for you this morning. John Wesley, an evangelist and the founder of the Methodist movement, experienced a spiritual revival when he heard Martin Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans read aloud. Charles Spurgeon, a renowned English preacher and author, credited his conversion to the reading of a passage from Isaiah 45:22 in a Methodist chapel. D.L. Moody, an American evangelist and founder of the Moody Bible Institute, experienced a life-changing encounter with God's Word at a Sunday school class where his teacher shared the story of God's love. And Moody went on to touch the lives of thousands of people through his evangelistic crusades. The word of God is powerful to transform. Billy Graham, 
One of the greatest preachers and evangelists in the 20th century was transformed by the word of God after hearing a sermon by an American evangelist by the name of Mordecai Ham. And listen to this, in 2008, it was said that the estimated number of people that heard the gospel through Billy Graham, including radio and television, was over 2 billion people. Why? Because the word of God is powerful to transform. It is powerful to transform lives. Jeremiah 23, 29 tells of the transformative nature of God's word when the prophet speaks on behalf of God saying, does my word not burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says this, I love this verse of scripture. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It is mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. It is transformative. It is powerful to break down every wall. To pull down every stronghold, to shatter every hardened heart, and reshape every broken life. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me ask you this question. Are you allowing the power of God's word to renew your mind daily so that you can be transformed to reflect the image of Christ? That's the goal, right? According to scripture, we are supposed to be transformed so that we can reflect the image of Christ. Are you allowing the word of God to renew your mind daily so that you can be transformed, reflect the image of Christ? Number six, the word of God is powerful to comfort and encourage. It is powerful to comfort and encourage. Romans 15, 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Psalm 119, 50 says, your promise, your promise, your word revives me. It comforts me in all of my troubles. It is powerful to bring comfort and encouragement. If you're here today and you're hurting, you're lonely, you're tired, you're weary, you're discouraged, are you looking to his word for comfort and encouragement? Are you looking to God's word for comfort and encouragement? Or where are you looking? What are the places you are looking to to comfort you and encourage you in the season that you're in? Can I tell you this morning that God's word is comfort and encouragement to our lives in every season? Number seven, the word of God is powerful to correct and convict. Hebrews 4.12 speaks very intricately about this as we just read in the beginning of the message. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says this, 
All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. In Romans 7, 7, Paul says, it was the law that showed me my sin. That's what he says. He says, if it wasn't for the word of God, if it wasn't for the law, then I wouldn't have known that what I was doing was wrong. It was the law that showed me my sin. It is powerful to correct and to convict. Acts chapter 2, read the story of Peter preaching the word of God, and in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. In another translation, it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they asked him, what must we do? And Peter said, repent of your sins and turn to God. It is powerful to correct and to convict. Time and time again, we see God's word has been proven to be powerful to convict and correct. Now, don't get offended at this question. Are you allowing God's word to convict you daily and provide correction in the areas where you need it? If his word is true, and we know that it is living and it is active, it is not just some random book on the shelf, right? It's powerful to correct and convict. So the question is, are we allowing his word to do that in our lives daily? Are we allowing it to correct us in the areas we need correction? Are we allowing it to convict us? Are you open to allowing God's word to challenge and transform your attitudes, your beliefs, and your behaviors? Kind of like Pastor Scott said last week when he talked about the authority of God's word. We read it sometimes and we say, that's great. That's good. That's good stuff. But not for me. Oh, not me. I don't, I, don't need, I don't need to be corrected at all. I don't need conviction. Hmm. Okay. Are we open to allowing his word to challenge us, to correct us, to convict us, to change us? to transform us daily so that we can be molded on a regular basis to reflect the image of Christ. Ben, if you would, you can come back. Number eight, not only is the word of God powerful to convict and correct, the word of God is powerful to guide and direct. Word of God is powerful to guide and direct. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. That word acknowledge actually is translated to know. In all your ways, know him, lean into him, listen to him, and he will make straight your paths. His word is powerful to guide and direct. 
Trust in the Lord. Trust in the promise and power of his word to guide and direct you. When it says he will make your path straight, it means he will remove every obstacle in your path. But we have to trust him. We have to trust that his word is that, that it's powerful to guide and direct us. One of my favorite verses of scripture is Isaiah 30, 21. And it says this, your own ears will hear him Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. His word is powerful to guide and direct. The power of the Holy Spirit speaking through his word is powerful to guide and direct. Are we listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us through his word? Are we paying attention to what his word says and and what it tells us to do. Are you allowing God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you through his word to guide and direct your life? And lastly, number nine, the word of God is powerful to unite and build community. It is powerful to unite and build community. Most of us should know this passage of scripture well, but it's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The Word of God is powerful to bring unity, to strengthen, and to build, to build community. So let me ask you, I've got several questions here I want to ask you this morning. Are you allowing your personal faith to be built through the reading of God's Word? Now, that may seem like a really simple question, but for some of you, If we have scripture and evidence telling us that the word of God is powerful, that it's not just a fabricated fictional story, then the first step would be reading it. Are you actually reading his word? And some of the church going folks say, are you serious right now? You really asking me that question? But for some of us, we get so busy in our life, we get so busy with work, we get so busy with other things, that it is possible that we get in a pattern that we forget to read God's Word. So my first question is, are you reading it? If His Word is living and active and powerful and life-changing and transforming, are you putting His Word in your heart? Are you taking time to read it, to meditate on it, to study it? 
Are you allowing God's word to build unification and community in your marriage, your family, your workplace? Are you allowing God's word to unite? Are we allowing God's word to unite us as believers? Are we as a church allowing God's word to build stronger community here at Harrison Faith? God's word is powerful and purposed to unite and build community, which tells me that anyone allowing themselves or their insecurities to cause strife or division among the body is not being a faithful student of God's word. As you stand with me this morning, got a few more reflection questions that I want to ask you this morning before I give an invitation to respond. But the more I thought about it and prayed this weekend, the primary thing that I felt like um, as we were going to be talking about the power of God's word is I just felt like the Lord said that this was going to be a day (coughs) that people were going to come into alignment with the word of God for their life. That could be one, that could be many, I don't know. But that's what I felt like was primarily on my heart. This would be a day that people would come into alignment with the word of God for their life. That could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For some of you in this room, you still don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And coming into alignment with the word of God for you means it's time to make things right. It's time to come into a place in your life where you truly 100% surrender your heart and say, Jesus is Lord of my life. And I have a personal relationship with him. And I have no doubt about that. For others of you, coming into alignment with the word of God for your life could mean forgiveness. Maybe you're walking in a place of unforgiveness. And it's time to let that go so that you can walk in and experience the true freedom that's found in the power of a relationship with him. Or as I said earlier, maybe coming into alignment with the word of God for your life is you just need to start somewhere. You need to establish a time and a place where you can spend time in his word, allow it to soak into your heart, into your spirit, and allow it to speak to you and challenge you and correct you and change you. So what does that look like for you today? What does it look like for the word of God, for you to come into alignment with the word of God for your life? We ask you this, are you being a good steward of God's word? Am I being a good steward of God's word in my life? Am I tapping into the fullness of power in God's word? As we've talked about today, the word of God is powerful in so many dimensions. Am I tapping into the fullness of that power in his word? Or am I just treating it like a checkbox? And not actually letting it, not actually letting the power of it soak into me. But I'm just saying, I'm just reading it because it's just part of my to-do list. What areas in your life need to come into alignment with the Word of God? That's what I want you to think about today. What areas in my life need to come into alignment with the power of God's Word? And how can you share the power and truth of God's Word with those 
in your sphere of influence. Today is a day to come into alignment with the Word of God for our life. So I want to do two things quickly. Number one, I want to give an invitation for anybody that needs to come into alignment in the area of salvation. And then, once I do that, I'm going to ask you to respond. Whatever that means for you, I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to come, to, come and spend time in the altars, and I'm going to ask you to come and respond by saying, what, what, what is it in my life that needs to come into alignment with the Word of God? For some of you, maybe it's simple things. Maybe it's small things. Maybe it's, I need to work on my attitude, and I need my attitude to come into alignment with the Word of God. Or maybe it's, I need to be more kind, and I need that to come into alignment with God's Word. I need to be forgiving. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm asking you to search your heart this morning and ask God, Lord, I know that your word is what it says it is, that it is the living word of God, that it's powerful, that it's life-changing. And I want to surrender my heart today and allow it to come into alignment into my life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed all across the sanctuary this morning, if you're here today and you need to come into alignment with the word of God for your life in that you need to fully come to a place today of 100% surrender. Stop running from God. Stop straddling the line of saying, some days I'll live for him, some days I won't. Some days I'll read his word, other days I just treat it as a suggestion. If that's you today, every head is bowed and every eye closed, and you say, Pastor Caleb, I need to come into alignment with the word of God today in that I need to ask Jesus to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I'm done playing. I'm done running. I'm done straddling the line. I want to completely surrender my heart 100% to him and say, God, today's the day that my life will come into full alignment with your word and your will and your purpose for my life. If that's you today, I just want to simply ask you to lift your hand. Just simply raise your hand. Everybody's head's bowed. Every eye is closed. Thank you. See your hand there. Thank you. Thank you. Several hands. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask every person in this room to simply repeat after me. And then when we're done praying, I'm going to ask you to come to this altar and say, God, where do I need to come into alignment with his word? And if you lifted your hand just now, I would ask that at the end of this service, before you leave this building today, that you would come talk to me. Or if you don't know me and you're not comfortable talking to me, come find one of the leaders in this church and come talk to us. Because we want to know if you made that decision today. If everybody in this room would repeat after me, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that over 2,000 years ago, God, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. You hung in my place so that I could stand in yours. And today, I declare I am coming into alignment 
with the power of the Word of God from my life to come into my heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me from this day forward. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And I believe if you said that prayer with sincerity of heart, I don't believe it's always as simply as saying a prayer and then it's done. But I believe that is the start. That's the starting line. That's the beginning. And then you have to walk, continue to walk into alignment with his word. But the Bible says, if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I shall be saved. So, for many of you today, congratulations because you just stepped into alignment with the word of God for your life. But for the rest of you in this room today, we still got work to do. If you say, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, that's great. But where in your life do you need to come into alignment with the word of God? And so I'm going to open these altars and I'm going to ask you to come, whether it's attitude, whether it's unforgiveness, small or big, let's come and spend some time and ask the Lord, Lord, examine my heart and show me the areas where I need to change. Show me the areas where I need correction so that I can not only come into alignment with your word, but I can come into alignment with the body, right? Because if we're not in alignment with him and we're not in alignment with his word, we can't come into alignment with the body. So Lord, examine my heart and show me. Come if that's you today. Oh 
song I sing holding the next heartbeat more than anything Lord as time goes by I'll be by your side cause I never want to go back to my old More 
my prayer for us today is that as we leave this place that we would just continue to come into alignment with the word of God for our life, come into alignment as the body of Christ so that we can do the will and the work of God that he's called us to do. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming today. For those of you watching online, thank you for joining online. We will see you Wednesday night, 630 right here for a night of worship. Don't miss it. Invite your friends, bring your family. It's going to be a powerful time together. We love you. God bless. I need you more. More than words can say. I